It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back again. This is... It's the summertime, so that means that we get to do reviews of things. That means we get to spend time thinking about things that we usually wouldn't normally. And for me, what I look at is I'm doing a complete revamp of my entire website. And, of course, you know, having all the technical difficulties uh, attendant with that, where, you know, you get the uh, death loop, something comes on and says, oh, uh, you must call this number at which point you wish to choke the person on the other end of the phone. Not really good summer behavior, but I have to admit that's how I felt. So anyways, what I remember um, in last week's show, I totally was like not thinking of what was happening. I wasn't paying attention to the time and realized that I had gone without talking about a couple of the subjects that I said I was absolutely going to. And one of them is in the area of female ejaculation. And the there's many times that for women, I mean, this has become, I mean, let's be honest, there's pressure for women and for men. There's performance pressure for both. And the big thing that often happens for women is that we are tied to a performance model of sexuality that's very much tied to how a how male arousal and male orgasm occurs and you know it's it makes sense it's not the world's brightest as far as i can tell because over 50% of the world's population doesn't have a penis so maybe they should be looking at you know something a little more like expanded but the important thing for most women is that they realize that what is going on for them is unique to them so I'm going to go in and I'm going to look at this. Uh, it's a young woman who had said that when she was younger, she was able, you know, many years ago as a teen, I, I used to ejaculate. I'm female and big time. I'm now 30 years old, but for years now, I've never even, you know, once ejaculated again. I'm thinking this is maybe is it something, you know, psychological. As far as I know, I don't know and have never had a G-spot orgasm. I think it was clitoral. I would really love to get it back again. Any suggestions? Thank you. Titled, No Longer Ejaculating. So this is my response to this this young woman. And 
really the important thing for her to realize is there's, there's two real important things here. One, that most female ejaculation does not occur with orgasm. It occurs prior. And the other thing, when she asks you about whether or not it's psychological, chances are it's not psychological for her. What it may have been is she downloaded a reaction that a partner may have had. And so she stopped the sensation. So here's my response to her. Given that you already have the capacity to ejaculate, it is most likely you, can, you still can, given the right style and intensity of stimulation. Translation, you've already established the nerve response pathway for the sensation that your body recognizes for ejaculation. And here's the other thing about ejaculation. It isn't typically from a specific um, organ in the same way that most men ejaculate from a, a series of uh, different parts of their ejaculatory system. For women, it can be a combination of the Bartholin glands or the periurethral glands. So, and the way I would describe it to people is, you know how when you go to eat something and you haven't for a while and your salivary glands go like this, that would be a similar kind of, not that hurt that you get with that, that would be that kind of thing where your body just responds as a result of stimulation. In this case, you know, it would be about food or taste or smell. So here, going back to this woman, when you were younger, was it one particular thing that you or your partner did that created it? Only you know that and or what they did, and I am sure you have tried to repeat it. Some women have said they've been able to do so while concentrating on bearing down prior to orgasm. Again, which is an important thing to know, female ejaculation occurs before orgasm, not at, with the orgasm. Now, if the reason you're asking is because of the enjoyment factor, outstanding. If the reason that you're asking that you want to get this back is because of pressure to perform, I might suggest that you focus elsewhere. Unfortunately, often people feel that they have to do what they see in adult videos, which invariably has a fantasized set script based on the observer's turn on. Translation, the person who wants to masturbate to that image. And some of the women who ejaculate in screening films are actually urinating. And, you know, the, it, it's just that there's, some have a lot of flow, some have little, some there's spurts of it, but it really is unique, again, to each woman. So, so, which leads me to my next point. The fluid is not urine. When I was in Paris presenting uh, at the World Congress of Sexology, I was able to hear the presentation of Dr. Francisco Santa Maria Cabello. He is one of the top researchers, he's Spanish, on female ejaculation. And according to his research, approximately 70% of women ejaculate regularly. However, because the fluid amount is often so small, it is not noticed and is mixed in with the natural vaginal secretions associated with um, sexual stimulation. And due to the presence of PSA, which is prostatic-specific antigen, that is why in female ejaculate in the studies where they have been, and so there's a presence of PSA in these women who have been in a lab, they've not been with a man, so there's no um, male fluid inside of their bodies, they are masturbating, and that is why they, because it's got the PSA in it, they 
the studies where they have masturbated in the lab, no sex with a male, hence no male, male body fluid present. Cabela refers to the source of the fluid, which in this case he refers to as the paraurethral glands, as the female prostate. Now, some people also say fluid is expressed from the Bartholin glands. Again, no one's really been up there to look at it, but they will try and tell you that they'll give you different body types. But the important thing is, if a woman knows this occurs for her, she knows it occurs for her. It's not like she's making it up, right? So, now, some women experience ejaculation regularly, others occasionally, and still for others, never. Also, as you know from your own experience, female ejaculation is not necessarily associated with G-spot stimulation. It can occur as a result of oral stimulation, manual, and for some women, even kissing. So I consulted Dr. Beverly Whipple as my source on this, as she is one of the foremost research authorities worldwide on female sexuality, ejaculation, and orgasm. And she's a Professor Emerita at Rutgers University in New Jersey. And you may have hit on the reason it isn't happening. Now, if someone said something negative to you in reference to this most natural response, some women have thought they were urinating and some partners have accused them, women, of peeing on them, both of which have caused many women to stop or interrupt the sensations that lead to ejaculation. First on, First, this isn't urine. It is a fluid from the periurethra, para meaning either side of glands, which internally surround a woman's urethra. And people who have tasted it say that it tastes, it's got a unique taste ranging from buttery to sweet. So for this woman, I hope that that, you know, has, brings things back a little more for her so that, because it isn't something that, you know, that, there's these classes now where women are supposed to sign up and go and learn how to female ejaculate. Well, if your body has that capacity, great. And if it doesn't, that's another matter. But the really important thing here is that each woman is comfortable with her own body's responses. And she doesn't try to duplicate what someone else is telling her. Really. I mean, that's just, it gets, it gets to be a bit much. And when we go on, we're coming up to my first break here. Um, when I go on the break, I have something that I have to try and research and see whether or not this actually did happen. I, if it does, I'm like, I'm going to be outraged because the it is something that I had seen on Facebook where they basically, they basically said, we haven't thanks to apologize and listening to this silly thing that's coming up that's blocking all of my uh, server. Um, they're saying that young girls in schools are being given IUDs. Now, what the heck is this? So I'm going to have to research that when we go on to our break here and check because to me, that is just outrageous. The other thing they then do is they try and say the, to the parents, the parents don't get to find out about it because they hide behind, we don't have to let you know because um, this is a medical procedure and the nurse gets to be protected because of particular non-disclosure laws. Well, excuse me, they didn't even tell the parents they were going to be doing this. Uh, something's not right in Lotus Land, really. So we're coming up. We have one minute here. I just finished talking about uh, female ejaculation. When we come back, I'm going to I will look, look this thing up, and then we're going to go into 
the more questions that people had, because as I'm doing the total rewrite of everything, I'm having to rediscover all of the information, all the fun, all the good stuff. So here we go. We are coming up. We've got 30 seconds left. And uh, this is Lou Paget. I'm talking about the most often asked questions. And when I come back, I'm going to be able to talk to you about this thing that could be perturbing on Facebook. Be right back. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. It's time to devote time to yourself and strap yourself in for a fun, down-to-earth, enthusiastic, compassionate, easy-to-understand discussion on the unlimited ways you can be all that you want to be. Join us for B-Institute Radio with Christine McKee on Toginet Radio. Each week, Christine will have lively and open discussions and interviews, share stories and case studies, and hear from experts on the topic of the week. Christine, a registered psychologist from Australia and published author of Be By Design, How I Be Is Up To Me, hosts lively discussions and interviews every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Um... I'm still dealing with some technical difficulties, but I'm going to see what I can find. Yeah, here we go. Um, It was something that was listed from last week, and uh, the report on it, 11-year-old girls get IUD hormone implants from school without parents' consent. Now, first off, um, what 11-year-old girl is 
generally speaking, what 11-year-old girl is going to be sexually active? There may be a few. It may be, but I have to tell you, this is, and I don't know if this is a, an onion report. It is, it, it, and for some girls, first off, an IUD is something that is used more for mature women or women who have had a pregnancy. When a woman has not had a pregnancy, an IUD is something that is um, it's much more irritating because the idea behind it is that it, the irritation of it completely, it constantly irritates the lining of the uterus so that implantation will not occur because obviously there's a foreign device there. Now, IUDs are not 100%, but then we're also is, at, at age 11, a lot of girls still haven't gone through Menarche, still haven't gotten their periods. So I'm kind of like, what the heck are these people doing? Now, I'm, I'm reading this and I'm not sure if this is it's called the edgy truth. And, but I'm going to get to the bottom of it and find out because to me, this is something that is very disturbing in the same way that Rick Perry, along with his wife and his mother-in-law, who were very much in pharma's hip pocket, came forward with the first state saying that, uh, I believe it was girls 9 to 11, needed to be vaccinated with Gardasil in order to protect them against cervical cancer. And the whole thing behind cervical cancer is that Merck had one of their billion-dollar protected pharmaceuticals fall off what they call the patent protection cliff. And what better to go forward with than cancer, woo, children, woo, and sex. So let's put all three of those together, and let's hit every single nerve of a mother wanting to protect her child, right? Now, let's go with the actual science of cervical cancer, average age of diagnosis. Now, this is, I'm not making this stuff up. This is CDC information on their site. It's right there. There was a mother who decided to take on this and say, look, my daughters are nine and 11. They are not sexually active. And I don't believe in giving, you know, vaccines for something in the first place. So she is the one who came forward and said, and took on the, all of the people who were the, the voices for pharma and said and saying, look, here's the here's the data. Average age of diagnosis, I believe, is forty two, not nine. They are often women who have had do not have their sexual agency, meaning they do not have um, their ability to refuse to have sex. Their partners may have had multiple partners and they also don't have access to good Healthcare. So when I looked at this, I started asking, well, what is the real answer on it? So I listened to a woman by the name of Dr. Diane Harper. And she is, she was the lead researcher. Now, translation is, she was not hired by Merck. She was not hired by GlaxoSmithKline as the person who did the actual research. She was an investigator meaning they brought her in because of her MD and her expertise in the area of being able to see statistically whether or not the results that they were 
presenting were effective or efficacious. Now, all of us have to be shrewd consumers when it comes to anything in the area of sexuality, anything. Because when push comes to shove, if someone is bringing forward something that they say that they want to get an okay on, they will remove statistically the things that will skew the study, that will skew the numbers, that will show what they don't want them to show. So the statisticians are basically told, you were to find this. Now, I know people who were working in research establishments and being told, biostats need you to change that number. And this person was like, well, I can't change the number. The person wasn't on any medications. They said, they need you to change that number. She said, well, I can't change it. That isn't what the data shows. They didn't care. They really didn't care. All they cared about is that they could go back and say that there was X percentage based on what they wanted to present. So I, I see here, you know, the IUDs, I'm just trying to see if this is July 2nd, 2015, and it's a, uh, showing that middle and high school students, ridiculous pop-ups, can't get a Coca-Cola or a candy bar at 13 Seattle public schools, but they can get a taxpayer-funded intrauterine device implanted without their parents' consent. And school-based health clinics in at least 13 Seattle area public high schools and middle schools offer long-acting reversible contraceptives, including IUDs and hormonal implants, to students in sixth grade and above at no cost, according to Washington state officials. Long, oh my goodness me, long-acting reversible contraceptives are associated with serious side effects such as uterine perforation and infections. IUDs specifically can also act as abortifacients by preventing the implantation of a fertilized egg. Well, that's exactly what they do do, please. What I'm trying to get at here is who okayed this and how did the parents not know that this was happening? I mean, if I were a parent in Seattle area schools, I would be a little concerned, wouldn't you? I mean, just generally speaking, I would be worried. So I will get a little more uh, information on that. And here we go, continue. Now, if you want to re um, listen to a really good uh, interview with a physician concerning Caitlin Jenner's uh, surgery, uh, gender-conforming surgery and things she's doing, there is one that was put up by colleague of mine, Mark Schoen, and it has um, Dr. Christine McGinn, M-C-G-I-N-N. And she is a physician who specializes in the area of gender-conforming um, surgery. So she'll do, they can do really well with male to female because they have a lot more tissue to work with. Female to male, I mean, you basically have to create a whole new tissue. But uh, a whole new, you know, organelle or something because... If there's no penis, you've got to, you know, construct one if one wishes to have that. But her, uh, it's a Facebook post that is an interview with her talking about what's going on. And it really walks people through, you know, she, they said, do you think there's going to be more, uh, you know, people wanting to do this or not? And she's like, look, here's the thing. The world of 
transgender surgery and anything like that, she said it's small, and it is small, and that there aren't very many people who do it, and for many of them as surgeons and as physicians, uh, uh, Dr. McGinn is a, a surgeon, they have to fight in order to get operating privileges for people. And, I mean, it's gotten a lot better in the last 10 years, but she said for many people they don't have the resources that Caitlin has, but they will have the feeling of they want to be able to create their life the way they want. And whether or not we, you know, agree with something or don't agree with something, truly, you can't tell someone their heart who they're, who they're going to fall in love with. If someone is attracted to women or someone's attracted to men or attracted to whatever it may be, that's what they're attracted to. So when we're talking about the uh, reparative therapy, which my colleague Winston Wilde refers to as it's neither therapy nor is it reparative, and when they're telling people just keep focusing on God and just keep focusing on your ability to, you know, be with something, you, there is something inside of you that is more than just your thoughts. It's called your subconscious. It's called your ability to respond. And your, your heart knows what you've fallen in love with and your heart knows what you're attracted to. Now, I'm just going to jump in for one moment and have a little comment about Miss Bristol Palin. And, you know, I wish and I send her the best. I, I can't even begin to imagine what she's going through right now, given that her main, one of her main sources of income is through the organization that she's supposed to be, you know, this high-level advocate of abstinence. What happened between her and her, you know, former fiancé? Goodness only knows. But, you know, she now is a single mother, pregnant again, and obviously something was such that it wasn't going to go forward. Every person has their thing that they're dealing with. For her, I, I wish that someone would be there to have and be a supportive hand for her because I do think that she ends up spending a lot of time having to respond to stuff just by herself. And, you know, she's 20. She's 21. That's that's a young age to be dealing with a lot of the stuff that she is. I mean, her little boy Trip is darling. Um, but, you know, when she's that age, a single mom and two babies, that's a lot. So abstinence at any time is good. You know, abstinence from alcohol, abstinence from certain behaviors. But what I can tell you is that Abstinence alone, as the sole source of information about sexuality and relationships, we know the studies tell us they don't. They're not effective. They simply, they have higher rates of STDs and higher rates of pregnancy. When we come back, I'm going to come back with more questions. Please stay with me. This is 
Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on TogiNet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on TogiNet. Join us for Healing with the Marika Method. This is an amazingly informative show to help heal people as well as their horses, dogs, and cats. This show inspires and empowers people to take charge of their own health and their animals' health using the power of diet, nutrition, natural medicines, and lifestyle to heal a variety of health problems. Learn how food impacts all physical and emotional health conditions and how diet and natural medicines are used to heal the body, mind, and spirit. Marika is a health and nutrition specialist, homeopathic practitioner, a gifted medical intuitive and healer, and an author and educator with over two decades of experience in clinical practice for people and their pets. Join our host, Marika Vandewater, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. You know, when I was enjoying the past July 4th long weekend, what I was also looking at was how do people take care of those that they love and those that they want to spend time with? And I was also reading an article from a friend of mine who had just had um, an experience of having been in jail. And one of the things that many people have forgotten how to do now is to focus on a conversation with just one person. They are so distracted by so many other things in their world, their phone, have you ever, I mean, all you do is you walk into a restaurant now and you watch people sitting at a table, none of them talking to one another, all of them on, on completely different, uh, you know, personal devices, phones, laptops, whatever it may be, and no one is even aware of one another. 
And what this person said is that as a result of there's only one thing that you can do is have that very intense conversation with someone because that is your focus. I'd say this to people all the time, and sometimes they hear it and sometimes they don't. Your attention is your most powerful gift. It truly is. And to be able to give that to someone and to share it. And so when I was asking people, what are you doing on the weekend? They had the attitude of, oh, well, you know, we'll just do something. Or it wasn't that there was a lot of thought into some of these things. And, you know, I've had friends of mine who in the last year have died suddenly, very unexpectedly. And when you go on, you know, some sites it goes, never forget that, you know, there's tomorrow, you don't, you aren't promised the next day. And, you know, when you deal with a health change or a physiological change or a psychological change in something with someone, you are dealing with a change or a death or something with what your relationship with that person had been like. And I, I'm seeing that more with more people because, you know, people are getting older and they're having different health challenges. And with that comes the shift and the change of... Now, when someone goes through something, they're not the only one going through it. Absolutely not. My girlfriend who lost her husband, trust me, every single person around her had that same thing. You know, she's like, where's my world? Her world disappeared. And whether you talk about it going through the, the different phases of what grief is, when you've lost your partner or the love of your life, you've lost a lot, okay? And I want people to have the awareness you and you alone have the ability to make someone feel really, really special. You truly do. And wherever that is, however that shows up, remember, take advantage of it. You know, when I get off from this show today, I know exactly who I'm going to be calling. And because that's, you know, crucially important to me. And I don't know how other than to, you know, like when you go through something and you share it with people, sometimes people get it and sometimes they don't. Uh, if there's one thing I can tell people, when you watch someone go through having lost the loves of their life, I think you will want to pay more attention, okay? Because this is... It's so painful to see that and not have them be able to do anything about it. Some people are better prepared. Others, they're just not. And my one girlfriend totally was not. So now what I'm going to talk about, switching gears here, is I would want to talk about the, um, the size of a woman's vagina and that she's feeling that she's being told that it, it no longer satisfies her partner and that there's issues with it. And 
So here I'm going to read her question. I am a woman who is very large vaginally. My husband is not small, but certainly not as large as I need and like. He enjoys and gets very excited pleasuring me with very large toys, but I would like to feel more when he is inside of me with, with himself. Is there some product that I can insert vaginally that would make me smaller and give him more feeling? During this, I would be happy, you know, with just the pressure of his weight. But because here's the thing, she loves the feeling of him being on top of her. Uh, she said, I don't need to necessarily actually feel the rubbing. I just like to feel him on top of me. Any suggestions? Jane Doe. Here's my answer. Dear Jane, uh, I completely understand your desire to have more of the feeling when your husband is inside of you. For many women, one of the major pleasures of intercourse is the feeling of being filled up and uh, during penetration. So that makes complete sense to me because I talked last week about penis size and width and, you know, things like that. Um, And although some toys can create part of the enjoyment of penetration, they cannot create the all-in-company sensation of being filled internally by his penis and enveloped externally when he is on top of you. I will share with you two ideas that some women declare are their best non-surgical, non-exercise procedures for tightening their vaginal vault. So first one is change position. So the angle of entry is tighter. As one woman said, for heaven's sakes, don't always use the same position. You can make yourself tighter just by shifting a leg. Some will choose a position that will have a more curved entry angle and positions favored by our, you know, positions favored that are some of these are where she is on top, leaning forward or backwards. They are side by side with her leg over his hip. They're spooning where he is entering from behind. Uh, raising, the, the woman is raising her torso as, oh, he's raising his torso on pillows while he is on top, so he's got a different angle. Now, here's another idea that one woman came up with. Using an anal toy. Now, anal toys, you know, they usually come in a range of different sizes. A lot of them are, you know, quite small. And the reason that anal toys are popular is the anal sphincter goes around the entry into the vagina, and the anus, and the clitoral area, the urethral area. So at the moment of orgasm, all three of those contract at the same speed, that 0.08 per second. So when you are using an anal toy, there for some women, they, they need to have a form of penetration vaginally in order to orgasm because that's what they contract against. So, you know, if you take your hand right now and just contract your hand and just go contract, 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 okay, you know, you can feel your fingers in the palm, but if you put two fingers inside of your hand and then contract around it, you can feel a lot more. Do you see what I mean? So the fingers are going to feel it, of course, but so will the muscles that are contracting around it. That's one of the ideas for anal toys. Anyway, so what these women will do is they, also known as a, as a butt plug, not my favorite name, or anal beads, and these are some of the most effective methods to tighten the vaginal entry and the vaginal vault to enhance the pressure sensation experienced during intercourse. So, and the reason this works is that an inserted anal toy lifts up that thin membrane between the vagina 
and the rectum, in essence, raising the floor of the bottom of the vagina, which will result in more sensation for both you and your husband. Pro you know, choose a properly designed anal toy, one with a flange, that's the, like the widened base, so it cannot slip inside, and a thin neck, so the two anal sphincters, because there's two anal sphincters, one's under voluntary control, one under involuntary, and you can think about one of them relaxing one of them, the other one you need to have a form of dilation to do so, and so that these two anal sphincters can comfortably hold it in place. Some couples have found a vibrating anal toy greatly enhances their sensation. Now, again, it depends. Anal beads can do the same thing and provide more texture for the man during thrusting. Be sure to lose lots of water-based lubricant or your lubricant of choice to ease insertion of any anal toy as there's no natural lubrication in that area. And once you are satisfied with your play, otherwise, you know, if you come to orgasm or done whatever, merely wash your toy with hot soapy water and let it dry. But as I'm sure you're aware, whatever you use anally, do not use vaginally. Keep those two toys, sets of toys completely separate. Even if you wash them well, there may be some lingering bacteria and you don't want to do, um, you don't want to cross uh, contaminate with that. So the, and here's the other thing. You may want to test a small area of the toy with the lube before you use it because depending on, sometimes people will tell you that they think they know what it's made out of, but you may not. And you don't want to just glop some lubricant onto a toy and then find out, oh, this is this and I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have used silicone on it or I shouldn't have used an oil on it. Just, you know, just be sure you make sure you check for yourself. So best to not insert, you know, as I said before, anything um, uh, vaginally because if you are inserting something vaginally, it's likely to obstruct the entire motion and, and what you're doing. Now, and when I come back, I'm going to talk to you about the so-called tightening and shrinking creams and other things to make the vagina tighter. Um, there are different surgical procedures. There's pelvic floor procedures. There's things that are being marketed to women. And there's a thing that I know of through a physician here called PRP, platelet-rich plasmapheresis. But the real thing is, is if you can change things with a toy or with a position, then you probably will not likely have to do this. But I do want to talk to people about these are things where this is a major surgery for some of these women. You don't want to, you know, just consider doing it willy-nilly. Stay with me. I'll be back talking about tightening vaginas. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the 
lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of paying it forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's paying it forward with tips, tools, advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. It's time to uncover the inspired team leader within you. Overcome the challenges of hidden agendas and miscommunications that create stress and a lack of productivity. Project management expert Norm Prevost and connection expert Heather Hansen O'Neill will provide you with a consistent infusion of inspiration and team strategies. In addition, your hosts will invite knowledgeable leaders to inject different viewpoints, situations, and solutions for an all-encompassing perspective on achieving winning team performance. Spend one hour each Friday transforming your mindset and increasing your skills. The Inspired Team Leader Show, your path to innovative ideas and action items you can implement today to create a more productive team and feel amazing in your role. The Inspired Team Leader Show, heard every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time on ABRN, the all-business radio network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Here we are for the entry of some of the final topics. How can I be smaller vaginally? And whether or not, and here's the thing, uh, one's state of virginity or lack thereof of virginity is no indicator of the size of what a woman's vagina is going to be. In the same way, a man, you know, um, having an erection or not having an erection is going to be an indicator of the size of his penis. Well, it can be, obviously, when it's erect. But, I mean, it's just something that is naturally occurring. So the thing that I find kind of, like, interesting about this is that for many men, they spend, you know, all their time trying to get there, and then when they get there, they go, well, this isn't what I was wanting. This is, it's like, listen, if she's sharing her body with you, you should just be downright, you know, thankful about it. And... We have to understand that, you know, the woman who wants, you know, this woman who I talked about who wants to feel more of her husband, there is an energetic exchange that you have when you are being sexual with someone. Even when you are just touching them, you are exchanging your energies big time. So let's go to the things where actual things that can be done to change the size of um, a woman's vagina. Or the entry. Now, understand one thing. When a woman becomes sexually excited, what happens is vasocongestion. Vaso meaning vascular congestion. So there's vascular congestion from blood flow to the area which swells the mucosal tissue. It then starts to sweat or exudate so that it prepares the vagina for intercourse. Because anyone 
woman who's used a tampon, you know, when she's not sexually excited, knows that it is a place of potential. It is not necessarily, you know, moist all the time. It's going to be that, but it's not going to be the way it is when you're sexually excited. So here's what I ask women. Listen, is the is it as a result of, uh, you know, the... The, the size, I mean, there's some women who are just naturally large and some naturally small. And as I said, FYI, virginity is not an indicator of vaginal tightness, despite that common misconception. And the number one event that can impact vaginal tissue tone is pregnancy as a result of the huge influx of estrogen and estrogenic um, uh, hormones. What was it? The uh, Jules Black, Dr. Jules Black said, a woman who is not pregnant... A woman who is pregnant has like a thousand times more estrogen in her system than a woman who is not pregnant. That's a lot of estrogen. That's why women have such shiny, gorgeous hair and beautiful skin because estrogen is the thing that plumps everything up. Not only does it plump things up, it really changes also the shape and coloration often of the genitals. So if particularly if it's a big baby or, you know, uh, vaginal delivery, especially if it was a prolonged labor with a large baby. So, you know, that area will, will stretch. I mean, it's skin. Now, how can things, you know, here are the two options that women can pursue to tighten and tone the vaginal entry size. One is exercising their PC muscle, their pubococcygeus muscle, with regular contraction exercises, and they can use an insertable toy to increase resistance in the same way, you know, if you just lift your arm, that's one thing, but if you lift your arm holding a weight, there's more, your body becomes more aware of it, that's the type of thing I'm talking about. And, but again, this is, because it's only at the entry into the vagina, that first inch and a half, that's where the toning with the PC muscle will occur. Now, for some women, that is that area has had nerve damage as a result of an episiotomy or as a result of really long-term labor, which basically killed the nerves in that area. And if there's too much pressure for too long, you know, the nerve tissue, um, the nerve tissues there can be strongly impacted. There are surgical options for the pelvic floor, and these are, you know, they are are things that are done by pelvic floor specialists and OBGYN, and it may be something for if a woman has a prolapsed uterus or if the ligaments, the ligamentous area has stretched, because ligaments, like muscles, don't contract back again. They're, They're stretched out, which is why if you are nursing, you're going to want to wear good support in a bra because it's the Cooper's ligament at the top of the breast area. That's the thing that gets stretched out when women aren't wearing bras when they're nursing and their breasts are so heavy. That tissue, you know, stretches those ligaments. So the surgical procedures are, there's different things that can be done, but the important thing is, is that they are done because there's, it, it isn't done just because, oh, I think I want to have myself look like some ad where most women don't know what other women look like in the first place. And most women now, if they're in the adult industry, they're totally shaved. They look like little girls. They don't look like what women look like. You know, they may have a little small patch, but, you know, pubic hair. But the important thing is if there is something that can 
um, help the vaginal vault, help the upper vaginal wall, great. One of the things I want people to be aware of is there's a, um, ad, as I call them, adverts for laser vaginal rejuvenation therapy. And this is something that targets women to tell them that that area of their body is not okay. Well, if women hadn't had that area told that, you know, they got enough problems there. And if anything, I'm going to use the um, discussion from a friend of mine who is a, uh, a physician and does work here in Beverly Hills. And she said she does work with um, dermatology. And she said the last place that a laser ever, ever should be used is on vaginal mucosa and in the vaginal vault area. That tissue is such delicate mucosal tissue. And what is happening is that they're using what would be a very standard pelvic floor operation and trying to tell women, we're going to make you tighter, we're going to make you be like a virgin, we're going to make you be like you were younger. And really, the, the, what they don't talk about is the tissue damage, they don't talk about the dyspruinia, the painful intercourse, or the development of vaginismus, painful to the point where they can't have sex any longer as a result of scarring. So as this person says, lasers should not be used on tissues and a good floor, good pelvic floor surgeon can help you better understand this. Now, there is a procedure called vaginal PRP and that's platelet-rich plasmapheresis, which is also known as the O-shot. And I did do a post for that in my, you know, for my new upcoming pages that in what I talk about here is that you have the ability to create, it's not published that I haven't put it out there, but it is something that PRP is a procedure that has been used in orthopedics, like with bones, and in dentistry for years. And the reason it has been used is that it gets healing, regenerative platelet material into an area of the body that your own body's liquid and tissue so that your body can heal. Because sometimes into teeth, into bone, into ligaments, it's tough to get healing modalities in there. So this is a, a question. The person says, hey, Lou, I just read about this O-shot. It's supposed to help orgasms, and yet I know you are very clear that many procedures marketed to women rely on our lack of information as to whether they are truly helpful or scams by doctors. Can you help me with this? Needing information in Nanaimo. And there, here we go. Dear needing. Okay, it's fairly in-depth answer, but platelet-rich plasmapheresis is a thing that I said is orthopedics, dentistry, facial enhancement, also known as vampire facelift. So what happens is your own blood is drawn, it's then put into a centrifuge and spun down to separate the different components of the blood, and the thing, the concentration of the platelets that have the growth factors in them is what is introduced into an injury site or into an area of skin that you wish to like, boom, stimulate to have it grow. So that is injected. There's a numbing cream and things that's put onto the entire vulva area, and then it is injected into the upper vaginal vault, into the clitoral area, into the labia. And because this is your own 
body. This is your own platelets. There's no rejection, and it flows. It just blends in. And one of the bigger things that it does, there's greater arousal for women, smoother, younger skin on the vulva, a tightening of the vaginal introitus, which then leads to, for many women, the middle, you know, the decreased or resolved urinary incontinence and increased natural lubrication and increased sexual desire. So this is something that we do all kinds of things to rejuvenate tissue in other areas of our body, and this also works for this. So this information comes to me from Dr. Julia Tatum-Hunter. She's here in Beverly Hills. Uh, this isn't something she focuses on, but when people are saying, hey, listen, what can I do? As we go down you know, the path of life, certain things in our life, we don't have as much estrogen, the tissue thins, this helps it, the desire can come back, and it's not painful intercourse anymore. And that's one of the biggest things that stops women from being sexually active. Sex hurts. The tissue's thin, there's more nerves exposed. So this for me is something that I recommend, listen, Try it and see, you know, it might take one or two times to do it. But what it does, particularly the urinary incontinence, it's, women have said it's just been remarkable because at a time, and these are women who never had children who are dealing with this. So I trust this is giving you a little more information. We're coming down to our final 30 seconds. Talked about female ejaculation in this show. Talked about, you know, the, the things that we all need to know with um, – large vaginas and not so large vaginas, and that if there is anything that you have questions about, please just contact me through office at loupadget.com, and I'll do my best to get the answers to you. You have a lovely, lovely rest of the week, and we will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye for now. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 